everyone. My name's Mary Tivy, and welcome back to the Animal Health Surveillance Podcast. So today is going to be a second episode looking at the, some of the resources that are available for um, to get give some information about surveillance. So I introduced this topic in my introduction to surveillance resources episode, but that time I focused more on livestock and really spoke a lot about some of the resources, particularly coming from um, the APHA and other sources focused on disease in uh, farm animals in particular. So today I thought I'd focus a little bit more on companion animals. Um, So this is an episode really for all you companion animal vets out there. Um, Anyone who works with small animals, uh, horses, or if you're a mixed vet that sees uh, different species as well. So I'm going to talk about um, three different projects, um, which I've mentioned many times before um, during this podcast. We're going to talk about the Equine Infectious Disease Surveillance Team, who focus on disease surveillance in horses and just talk a little bit about some of the resources that they produce. And we're then going to focus on dogs and cats and talk a bit about some of the resources you can get from both Vet Compass and SavsNet. And I'll just talk you through where you can find some of these resources and what sort of things are available. So, First of all, let's start off for all you horse vets out there or anyone, of course, who sees horses. Let's start with the equine infectious disease surveillance team. So if you Google equine infectious disease surveillance, that will bring you up to the EIDS website. It's a really nice website, uh, really comprehensive, and they give a lot of information on there. So I know I've spoken about this service quite a few times in the past. Uh, They used to be based at the Animal Health Trust and have now moved to Cambridge University. And they collaborate with a lot of stakeholders across the equine industry to control and prevent equine infectious disease in the UK. So they produce some fantastic resources for anyone who sees horses. And if you go on the website, you're easily able to access a lot of these. So just going through some of the things that they produce, they produce uh, surveillance reports And if you listened to my previous episode, you'll know that obviously I spoke about some of the surveillance reports produced in farm animals. Um, EIDS produce very similar things uh, for horses. And if you click on the link taking you to surveillance reports on there, they give you a huge list of different types of articles. There are news articles giving you up-to-date information about um, recent events that have happened. They also have focus articles on there as well, written by experts in the field and focused on certain topics. And I've written one of those for them myself, so you might even find mine on there as well. And they also have all the historical reports on there. You can go back whatever years you want to, and they have different quarterly reports on there as well. So there's a huge bank of surveillance information on there for you to be able to look at. So not only do they have all these surveillance reports, which are really interesting and like quite useful to see different trends going on over time and see what's been happening within the equine population in the UK. But they also have other links on that website as well. It's really nicely laid out and very clear. So you can follow those links. So just to mention some of the other things that they've got on there, 
they have the International Collating Centre, a link on there. So this deals with equine disease outbreak information around the world. So this information is obtained and collected by the International Collating Centre or ICC, uh, which is supported by various different equine federations around the world. And what they do is that um, centre collates both national and international disease outbreaks and disease information on a daily basis, really. And you can subscribe to the centre. And if you do that, then email alerts will be sent to you. So you'll get very real time information about uh, national and global threats. And there's actually a link on the EIDS website which can send you to the ICC to allow you to sign up for those reports. So if it's something you're interested in, if you are involved with, well, not only just looking, you know, treating horses in the UK, but if you're involved with, um, you know, horses uh, being exported or imported uh, or competition horses perhaps travelling abroad, then that could be something that'd be very useful for you. They also produce a quarterly summary report as well. And again, this will be emailed out to you if you subscribe. Um, and they also have on the ICC site, they have all of these resources archived and available for you to go and have a look at as well. So even if you didn't want to subscribe, you can go on there and have a look at some of these um, resources. And, you know, they're really, really useful and interesting. So as well as the ICC, they also have a link to EquiFluNet. Now, I'm sure many of you who work in practice may have heard of this, um, but EquiFluNet provides an insight into outbreaks of equine infl influenza in the UK and also globally. And again, it's a great website. It gives really good information, um, not only real time and um, current information, but also historical data as well. They go back to 2010 um, on that site. So you can have a look at how things have changed over time and what's happening now. There's resources for, of course, vets on there. There's also some resources for horse owners as well. So that could be something very useful, perhaps if you you know, want to um, suggest information for your clients. Um, that's a really nice um, thing to suggest, um, just focusing on equine influenza. And on the um, EIDS website, there's a nice um, link which sends you straight to the EquiFluNet website. So it's very easy to find on there. They also have um, a few other things to look at as well. They mentioned the um, horse racing betting levy board flu scheme, which, again, I'm sure many of you, uh, if you're working in equine practice, have probably heard of. And actually, there's a nice link on there which can send uh, your practice through to the website for the HBLB scheme if you want to enroll, enroll on that. So that's very useful. They also have a great um, section which has forms and resources. And this is really nice. It's got um, uh, information forms for you if you're working out in practice. So you've got an outbreak information form for EIDS. This is for use um, for you. If you're out in the field, you suspect an outbreak and you want to report it, you can go onto the website and you can report the, for, uh, the outbreak straight to the Equine um, Infectious Disease Surveillance Service um, using that form. So you can download it from there. They also have the Horse Racing Betting Levy Board's equine influenza form on there as well, if you want to download that. And they also have a form for um, submitting viral isolate samples as well to them, uh, particularly if you're looking at things like um, EIV and uh, EHV, things like that. So, you know, if you're looking for those, looking for forms, again, very easy to find, which is really useful because, of course, it's not fun when you're um, struggling to find these forms that you need. 
They also have a really nice tab on there as well called uh, Vet CPD. And they have a couple of really nice um, videos on there with some CPD, some um, lectures and slides, um, which is great. And they update these, of course, as well. So, you know, if you do have some, uh, you know, some CPD time and you're interested in some um, disease surveillance CPD looking, you know, wanting to see what's current um then this is a great place to go and you'll be able to find those on there um they have some really really nice ones they've got one um at the moment which is eids education so just talking about the service which is great and they also have another really great one um saying you know it's all talking about a call to see a suspected infectious disease case so talking you through what you do about that um so you know they're really nice resources um you know if you're out in practice and, and you want to learn a little bit more about that so, you know, that's just a little overview of some of the resources you can find on EIDS. I would definitely recommend going on that website and having a look. It's really nicely laid out and there's a huge amount of really useful stuff. And it's certainly things that I found very useful when I was in equine practice. So um, definitely recommend going and having a look on there if you do treat horses as part of your job. So. If we move on from horses now, um, let's have a little talk about what kind of resources there are available for those of you who treat small animals. So first project to talk about is Vet Compass. I know we've spoken about Vet Compass before. And of course, we have a great um, episode in season one where we have uh, Dr. Dan O'Neill from the Vet Compass team who talks to us all about Vet Compass. And he does mention a little bit about this. But I thought I'd just give you a little bit of an overview of what's actually available on the Vet Compass website as well. So, again, if you Google Vet Compass uh, for the, from the Royal Veterinary College, it sends you straight to the Vet Compass um, section of the RVC's website. And there's some nice stuff on there talking about the project. Um, and of course, if it's something you're interested in, you know what opportunities there are within Vet Compass. But they have a couple of really nice tabs on there as well. So, one of them is called Papers and Data. And if you go on to that, you find a great range of resources on there that you can have a look at that are produced by Vet Compass. So they have an original publications tab. And on that tab, they've just got a huge number of publications that have come from the, uh, the Vet Compass project. They produce a huge amount of research at Vet Compass. So there's some fantastic uh, resources on there. And they're ordered under headings. So you can look at things like breed health, general health, cardiovascular disorders, endocrine disorders, whatever you're interested in. You can focus on that topic and then you can go in there and have a look what publications are available. So it's a nice place to go if you want to do a bit of reading. They also have a tab about magazine articles as well. Now, there's often some magazine articles on there you can download. Um, there's one just available at the moment that was in Pet Gazette. Um, which is talking about uh, heat stroke in dogs. Again, a really nice thing to have, perhaps a really useful resource to have if you want to, you know, direct owners towards some interesting things as well, uh, you know, in a nice kind of accessible format. So that's certainly another tab that's worthwhile just having a little look at and maybe keeping an eye on. They also have some open access data on there as well in under another tab. So they do, Vet Compass makes some data available to assist anyone who's reading some of their original papers. So if you want to delve deeper into some of the results that are provided in those papers, then they provide some open access data on the website, which allows you to do that. And 
they're very keen as a um, as a service, as a as a project to share this data, to try and encourage, you know, obviously um, external scrutiny to provide these learning resources for people out in practice and all for, for students and postgraduate students as well. So it's a really, really nice thing to do. And of course, not all the studies necessarily have this available, but they have a big list on there of um of studies that have this open access data that's also available as well. So, you know, if you were reading one of those uh, original publications on this website and you thought, oh, I'd really like to know a little bit more about that and just have a little look at the, at the data, then you might be able to find it in this open access data tab. So again, also worth looking at if you're doing a bit of reading. Um, they also have finally a tab on there called clinical benchmarking as well. Um, they Vet Compass reviews clinical activities across clinics in the UK and they provide this clinical benchmarking data and they summarise some of the key benchmarks, particularly for common disorders, and then reference publications where you can find a little bit more information about that. So again, it's worth going on that, particularly if there is um, a disorder that you're interested in. At the moment, they've got tabs on there for corneal ulcerative disease in dogs, uh, hyperogenic corticism, and also dystochia as well. So, you know, if there's certain things you're interested in, it's worth just keeping an eye on that tab as well, because, you know, some in, there are some interesting things there which may, you know, provide you with some, some knowledge, some, um, you know, possibly some papers even to look at as well. So it's definitely worth having a look at. So that's just a little overview of some of the information you can get from Vet Compass. As I say, a great place to go and look for, particularly for some of those publications and for some reading, because they're a fantastic uh, project for producing a huge amount of um, published material. And the other project, just to mention, of course, is SAVSNET as well. Again, I've mentioned SAVSNET several times um, during this podcast. And we also have a wonderful um, episode in season one uh, where we have uh, Dr. Alan Radford from the SASNet team who talks to us about the project, how it developed, what you know the ethos is. And of course, he does mention a little bit about some of the things that are available as well. Um, again, it's the SAVSnet or it's the Small Animal Veterinary Surveillance Network, for those of you who haven't heard of it, although I'm sure many of you working in small animal practice will have. And it's an initiative from the uh, BSAVA and also University of Liverpool as well. And again, they aim to monitor disease trends and, of course, provide data and resources for the veterinary community and academic communities. And again, Googling SAVSnet, of course, will take you to their page on the University of Liverpool website. They've got a lovely um, drop down menu for you to have a look at with some great things on there. Again, all of these websites are really easy to use, uh, really intuitive and they're not difficult. It's not difficult to find things, which is great. So again, SAVSnet have got some publications on there that you can have a look at if you want to. Um, they've got peer reviewed papers, letters surveillance reports. They've also got some really nice uh, research infographics on there as well, and also some resources for practices too. So, you know, really nice things that your practice can use. 
Uh, they also put up on their newsletters and annual reports as well. So again, it's a really great place to go and look at if you want to do some reading, if you've got a CPD time. Um, also, you know, if you do want reports looking at some real time data and having a look at the trends that have happened over the last year. Again, it's a great, you know, it's a great place to go and look at. And it's really useful to have a look at some of those publications. They also have a tab of real time data as well. Of course, SAVSnet collects data from veterinary practices and labs in, you know, often in real time. That's one great highlight of the project. Um, and they publish this in real time as well. And if you go on to the real time data tab, it um, can send you through. There's a link which sends you through to their public website, which um, they put up um, a selection of dashboards on there, which can show you. Uh, visualizations for range of diseases, you know, from ticks to gastrointestinal disease to grass seeds as well. And, you know, they're really useful. You can see what's going on in real time with a variety of different things as well. And it's all backed up by that great um, bank of data that SAFSnet have. So, again, um, absolutely fantastic thing to have a look at. They um, take data both from veterinary practices and from labs as well. So you get a huge range of data that's coming onto there. So that's, that's a really worthwhile thing to have a look at as, as well. You know, and especially if you're concerned that you're seeing something out in practice, really worthwhile going onto the SAVSnet website and seeing if, you know, there's any information about it in your area. They also have some other really nice tabs on there as well. Um, again, they talk a bit about some of the current research they're doing as well um, and give you a bit of information about that, which is a really nice thing to know going forward. Um, so there's some fantastic um, little uh, resources just talking to them about that. Um, so it's worth having a look at that. And again, there's all sorts of other bits and pieces on that website to have a look at too. Uh, you know, all sorts of things from, um, you know, publications about their um, their 2022 investigation of gastrointestinal disease in dogs to looking at the impact COVID-19 has had on companion animal practice. I know that's something that's, you know, a big, big uh, issue for a lot of people, especially over the last few years. So there's some great stuff on there. And if you've got CPD time, it's, you know, it's certainly worth having a look, really. So that just gives you a little bit of an overview, really, of just some of the stuff that's available for companion animals. Um, you know, some of these resources are so fantastic. And I think perhaps, you know, it's useful just to have them highlighted about where they are and the fact that they are easy to find. But I would encourage you, you know, if it's something you're interested in, um, then it's definitely worth, you know, if you've got a little bit of spare time. I know that's difficult in practice, but it's definitely worth just going and having a look at some of these websites, um, you know, and just finding out where you can access that information for the future. So that's just a really you know, quick overview of that, really, and talk about some of those resources. Um, obviously, you know, if you've got any questions or thoughts about it, you can get in touch with me. Um, you can get in touch with me through Twitter or you can get in touch with me on my website as well. Um, and, you know, again, if you've got any suggestions, if you've got any questions, if you, you know, want to know about other resources for different um you know, different species, then do let me know. I am going to be continuing this surveillance resources um, thread throughout this series of the podcast, just because I think it's something that's really useful when you're out in practice, just to be told where to go and find this information so you don't have to sift through it for yourself. Um, and otherwise, thanks so much for listening to the episode uh, again today. Um, so yeah, hopefully uh, you enjoyed it. If you did, please do mention it to your friends and your colleagues. And otherwise, I will see you next time 
We have uh, an episode talking all about the Scops project. So anyone who does sheep work, that's going to be a great one for you. Um, And otherwise, thanks so much for listening and see you again next time.